Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Chat, where we're working to destroy and dismantle stereotypes about justice-impacted people. We can't wait for you to hear from our next guest, so stay tuned. Good afternoon. Today, we have a special guest with us for another episode of The Chat. It is Nicole Hutchinson-Moore of the Rusty Diamond Network in Texas. Thank you so much for being with us today. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Great. So we're really excited to talk to you. You've been doing a lot of great work in the the country of Texas, as we had discussed. And uh, we just want to hear more about that. And, and, and specifically, like, what are the best ways that you think that directly impacted people that are reentering into society? What are the best ways that they can be supported? And what kind of work are you currently doing in that area? Well, you just asked a whole bunch of questions right there, didn't you? We're, we're jumping right into it. Um, you know, that, those are great questions. Uh, for what I do, first off, and back up a little bit, is, is my life's purpose, right? Um, I, I, I was actually incarcerated, um, was involved in a, in a horrible, tragic accident that led me there. And from that moment on, everything in my life absolutely, completely changed. Um, and my perspective and and what my purpose is. So what I do uh, with the Rusty Diamond Network and how it was founded is really out of the the passion and the culmination of um, really taking my mess and turning it into a a message, if you will. Um, So Rusty Diamond Network was found out of Dallas County while I was sitting in there and and walked in and and realized that the women that I was sitting with were, were just like me. A lot of my perceptions and and kind of my journey and where I'd been in my life, um, I had not been exposed to uh, a lot of things in, in, in the world, if you will, and a lot of the systems and, and so forth. And um, it just really changed my heart. And I realized that at that moment, that the system, um, that the prison system, the legal system, all of these things that I'd had faith and trust and um, had kind of revered, if you will, um, you know, as an American, as a citizen, as a, as a resident here in, in the country of Texas, um, were not anything what I understood them to be. And that the folks that I was sitting, you know, right there accountable for my actions, um, accountable for what happened in, in my own life, but sitting right with it, that there was a root that was far deeper than committing crime. And so my whole world and, and everything was just kind of tossed upside down and, and my belief system was challenged greatly and um, in a good way. So at that moment, I realized, wait a minute, there, there's something that I can do good out of this. There has to be. And the women um, just kind of started flocking to me, really, for lack of a better word, and just talking and, and, and asking and sharing and telling me these, these stories. And it it just made me realize that, wait a minute, you know, there's an opportunity here to fill a gap uh, of, of supporting these women, of mentoring these women, of walking alongside of them, and that I had some some network and some resources that I could potentially use to help me with that. And Rusty Diamond was born. That's beautiful, um, especially when you talk about like filling that gap and like being able to see that gap out of, you know, um, something that was a tragic experience and then just stepping in to do that. So in what ways are, you know, if somebody is in the Texas area and they want to get connected um, with the Rusty Diamond Network, like how can they get connected to your organization? So really, we we do things a little bit differently. We're one of the only organizations that works one-on-one with women while they're incarcerated and stays with them 
through their incarceration for as long as they'll have me. So we're really set up as a mentorship model. I'm actually state certified under the, the Texas Licensing Board uh, as a reentry peer specialist. Um, the beauty of that is, you know, I have that credential and I went through that training in the mental health and, and, and so forth. But um, being able to support somebody through their traumas, their addictions, um, having the tools, having some guidance and direction myself and, and how to, you know, guide them on that path. Um, because the main thing with, with folks that, that I've understood and with my diamonds is we can't force anybody, right? You, you can't, you can lead the horse to water, but you can't make a drink as we say in Texas, the country of Texas. Um, and so it's important to be able to role model and to peer support each other. And it's almost like, I don't know if you ever seen the movie Gremlins, but you know, you pour the water on them and all of a sudden the gremlins pop up everywhere, probably showing my age, but you know, so you create this environment and a culture and a lifestyle where you understand, hey, I, I don't want to do what I was doing before. Hey, I need to get help for the trauma or the underlying root of what landed me here. So Rusty Diamond Network works with these women to kind of work through that trauma, understand that, get some tools to help them in their decision making, cognitive. Then we work with the prison itself and the programs, the uh, volunteers, the directors, the so forth to ensure that they do their best time and all those resources that are there. So we network them through those resources. Then of course, preparing um, the whole time, not for when we, you know, are two to three months out, but re-entry, re-enter what? They are still a part of society. We are still a part of society. So I'm not re-entering anything. I, what I'm doing is coming back in and blending now kind of the tools and what I've learned into a whole new world. So it's a do-over. I'm not re-entering anything. Hopefully I'm not re-entering the same place I was in before or the same people. I'm completely starting over. So then we provide resources for that, the clothing, the food, all of that. People can reach out to me both in the prison system. They write me um, to, to Rusty Diamond and we can put that, that information out here. Um, I'm on Twitter, um, you know, all the social media, I have a website, rustydiamond.org. You can contact me there to volunteer, or if you have a family member that's involved in the prison system or the jails. You know, we also work with pre-diversion. So really, Rusty Diamond is here to help be that, that net bridge, that gap and network um, these girls while we are role modeling, peer mentoring, helping them kind of guide through and, and become hopefully um, you know, wiser, more empowered, stronger woman that can make different decisions and, and take care of herself and her family differently. Thank you for sharing that information and for the work that you're doing. Um, yeah, that's, that's wonderful. And, you know, if people want to volunteer, help volunteer or give donations so you can continue to do this community care, please um, go to the Rusty Diamond Network website so you can give there. Um, or if you need to get connected, it sounds like with a mentor as well. Um, so mentorship, obviously filling that gap, mentorship, how, who, how, if you don't mind sharing, <laughs> was influential in your life um, that kind of gave you some of that insight to say, this is a gap. This is what people need. They do need mentorship. Were there people that provided that um, for you? Yeah. So it's interesting. One of the things that I think is really important is we can take our hustle we can take those things that we, we did in the past week and we can, you know, transfer those skills, 
right? So I had been in corporate America for many, many years. And I, I had several mentors, um, a vice president of sales one time who was an incredible boss. I absolutely just admire the heck out of her. She's now a CEO, of course, and has been for many years. Um, and, and these are, you know, very large corporations that, that she's in charge of. But she she saw the weaknesses in me. She saw the things in me that um, were potentially dangerous to me. And lo and behold, they were things like alcohol, things like making poor choices, men, you know, all of those things that that were kind of the mask to really what was going on internally with me and my own traumas that I hadn't dealt with. Um, and yet she was still lifting me up and rising me up and promoting me and um, putting her, her um, you know, value in, in what I offered yet over here, mentoring and helping me guide some of my chaoticness in my life for a lack of a better word. Mentors like that are very critical. Then I have the Rusty Diamond Network is actually named after my mother. That was her CV handle. So in the 80s, we didn't have cell phones. Believe it or not, there was a time before cell phones. And my sister and I and my mom, so three females in a car, all happened to be blonde, you know, driving up the road um, to, to the lake or the ranch and dad put a CB in her car. So if there was an emergency, we at least had some way to communicate and <laughs> she would get on that CB and be like rusty diamond. And that was her handle. So the, the name rusty diamond stems from, you know, that, but really the, the core of that is that my mother was a woman full of such grace. She, um, showed me my first, uh, spirituality. Um, you know, she taught me what it really meant to give to others out of the heart, not because of what it would, you know, do for you, that it was truly an act of giving. She taught me unconditional love, only person in my life. I lost her in 2017. It was very, very difficult. Um, and it was actually while I was on bond and awaiting, you know, what was going to happen in my own case, my own situation. I, I say we got, we were sick together and we got healed together. She went to heaven and I went to prison. She and I both started a new journey. So having mentors that, you know, you have to be open to them first, right? Um, but soaking up, you will find a mentor around you. You will. It, while my mom was sick, um, a, a lady who's, I call her mama, uh, very spiritual. She's a school teacher, never had children. She basically adopted me um, and was very supportive and literally wrote to me every single day that I was gone. Still writes to me this day, several times a week. Um, you know, we look around you're, you, and you're open to it. You are going to find beautiful mentors in your village and they want to mentor you. So um, for me, mentorship is it's lifestyle. I had to make that choice. Do I want to live this way instead of this way? And the second I did, it was so much more peaceful and, and calm and there was so much more to give, which is important to me. That That's where my heart is. Thank you for sharing that with us. And I'm glad to hear that you have those folks in your life, um, both in the business world and just such a lovely mother that was like full of grace and, and able to instill a lot of those values in you that you're giving back to others. So thank you for- She had to put up with me when I was a kid. So she had a lot of grace. Yeah. <laughs> My mother uh, was probably going to listen to this and say, I can relate to that. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, grace is important, especially in, you know, what we do and in our lives and in, in the world we're living in right now. I mean, this crazy divisive, you know, 
everybody shouting at everybody instead of just, okay, hold on, here's, here's where we are giving and receiving grace, just the basic concept of that honestly is what kind of keeps me going, coming back to things every day to be able to be like, okay, hold on. <laughs> we're, we're all right in this moment and, and having the grace uh, for myself and for, for somebody else. Um, it, it's just kind of a basic concept, but I think one that's getting trampled on, it's getting lost right now. Absolutely. And that really brings me to another point that I really want to dig in with you too, which is like, how do constituents, you know, that are directly impacted or at like strong allies, how do they get what they need from their legislators? And we have all of this like trampling on, you know, grace and division. Like what are the ways that you see in Texas specifically or just, <laughs> you know, in general, if you don't want to go that route, um, but, you know, that, that people there in the community can get the things that they need from their legislators. Texas is so interesting. I'm born and raised here in Dallas. You know, I'll be 50 in, in uh, February. So, <laughs> right, the big 5-0. Um, I've watched Texas. I've grown up in Texas. I am Texas. I got, you know, I love my state. I absolutely love it. We are like a whole other country, right? Well, we need to stop with that a little bit. And here's why. Humanity. I think one of the core things, just like we were just talking about grace, is it's not about whether you're right or you're left. It's what's right. What are we doing that's right? Not for a cause, not necessarily for a purpose, but what's just right. And, and I think more and more people in Texas are listening to that because we have data, because we have facts, because there's so much attention on what's happening in all of our population, not just in the prison population. This is not a criminal justice issue. This is a issue about humanity. So I think they're starting to pay attention to their constituents. And quite frankly, one in three have some type of criminal record. So think about that. And that's your voting body. Now, some of them can't vote because that right's been stripped away. But one in three, the domino effect of that is those are mothers, brothers, sisters, aunts that have brothers, sisters, aunt. you see what I'm saying? So because of where we've gotten to in mass incarceration and just trying to fix the problem and, and lock it up behind bars, and, and which is a whole other subject of making it more traumatic, more violent, more, you know, all of these negative things, but then 95% of these people release. So I think the legislature is finally realizing there is a direct correlation and not to just crime and crime statistics, but the healthier our population is, the healthier we are as a Texan, the healthier my family is, the healthier as a citizen I am, then what I contribute back to society. And I think for the first time that message is finally clicking in people's head and going, okay, wait a minute. These aren't people just out here going, oh, I'm gonna wake up today and commit a crime. I'm gonna go out here and do something horrible. I'm gonna go out here and do this accident. I'm gonna go. No, there's a route to that. And for the first time, I think we're having those conversations in Texas. I know I have had them with some very staunch Republicans who I admire and, and respect a lot of their core values and what they stand for. But then on the other hand, okay, you're standing for either, you know, death penalty and mass incarceration. The two don't go together. You can't have a, a perception in totality of, humanity and caring about our people when you're leaving out the most neglected and downtrodden 
group of our entire society. And I think we're finally realizing that. I know I had to go through that process. I, I myself, and, and I went to prison and got it because I stood there naked, you know, with a hundred and something women stripped down with authority, just completely crazy around me. And yet I'm with these women going, y'all, we got to be, we got to help each other out, get through this and survive this prison thing. Right. So it's happening. And I, I'm hopeful. I love my state. I just hope that Texas more and more, we, we work together and, and truly not the whole bridge across the aisle and all that. It's humanity. Do you have a daughter? Are you a mother? Do you have a brother? And we have that conversation that way. Okay, well, let, let, let me talk to you about from this perspective. And I think that opens a lot more of the doors for us from a legislative perspective. And, and for those folks to, to really say, okay, let's do something about it finally. We've got session coming up in January. I'm hopeful, I'm, I'm the Epic Ambassador for, for Texas for Topeka K. Sam and Ladies of Hope Ministry. And, and there's a lot of work we gotta do. Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking, and I've been trained to, you know, understand some of this stuff now and how bills are written and what the process is and why they matter. And, you know, I, I'm hopeful that that is good energy spent, that, that we can get a few of these important legislative pieces passed, you know, to help us all be healthier Texans. Yeah, I think that's a lot of really important information that you touched on there. And, you know, I'm hopeful for the same thing as well. Um, and I hear you saying that, you know, that the, you feel that the conservative party is changing both the constituents and the legislators and that the narrative is shifting and people are focusing more on that route. Um, so I'm excited to see kind of where that leads us. I'm glad that you're in this space focusing on that route and helping change that narrative. Um, as well and then having people look at things under the you mentioned a humanity perspective and i think that's incredibly important um you also mentioned too how do we come together kind of in the sense of maybe nonprofit organizations or uh, coalitions or advocates um, that are working on the ground towards the same common thing as opposed to seeing one another as competition like what kind of ways do you feel like you know, we could come together more to accomplish these objectives. You know, it's I'm involved in, in quite a few different groups and organizations and God, there's just so, so many amazing people. We call it this space, but it's kind of funny. I, I look at that and I think this is our lives because it's, it's different. I'm not just going in to punch a clock every day and, and go to my job. This is this is who I am now. This is my my whole life is around, um, you know, the, the betterment of myself and, and those around me. Right. And it just happens to be that a lot of them have some type of criminal background or criminal record um, and have been impacted by that system. But it expands further. I think we get in a vacuum where we just focus so much on the criminal justice and sharing stories of prison. When I talk to the folks that I'm in my recovery groups with their or even military veterans that have PTSD, so many different organizations and groups that have the same difficulties and the same challenges. It's just a different wagon that was hitched <laughs> to get there, if that makes sense. Um, and so I think that by spreading our wings a little bit to say, this isn't just a criminal justice issue. This isn't just us, you know, working together amongst this population of the former incarcerated or the nonprofits or this. Because I'll tell you, the nonprofits 
when I came out and was knocking on all these doors for reentry, they weren't there. They weren't there. And I'm very open about that. And I'm not knocking nonprofits. My God, nonprofits are huge to, to everything that we do. But the but the problem is for reentry, as it's known, which of course we're reimagining what that looks like now because of the realities, it, it's not there because we're not bridging that gap. And, and we're not marrying all of it together to say, this isn't just a, a homelessness issue. This isn't just poverty. This isn't just criminality. This isn't just trauma. We, we have to break those barriers. And when we break down those barriers and work together to say, okay, here's what your nonprofit's doing. Here's what ours is doing. Let's pool those resources together because now we might be able to help this other population as well. And we're, we're working smarter, not harder, because we're leveraging each other's networks and, and what everybody's got kind of their, their piece of, if you will. And that's why when I founded Rusty Diamond Network, I, I made sure it was network, even though we're ministering and we are a ministry and what we do. And we're a nonprofit um, advocate, you know, a, a grassroots type organization, but it was, we network. If we don't have that resource, I'm going to look out anywhere, not just in this one bucket. Um, and I see that happening. It, I see now where nonprofits are starting to work with each other and share and pool resources and databases and, um, you know, and all. And I think that's important. It's similar along the same vein of the, what you were just asking about the legislation, you know, and again, kind of the bigger picture here. We got to quit being so divided. And, and, and protective of this stuff or this is in this bucket or that bucket. We got to kind of all share it. And then we're working a lot, a lot smarter together. Yeah, no, that absolutely makes sense. Like connection. I'm hearing you talk a lot about connecting, collaborating, and just seeing each other as allies and partners that provide different pieces of a big puzzle because yeah, no, no, none of us can do it alone. Um, I think Glenn Martin said that on, on an episode that none of us can do this alone and no leader is able to lead without, you know, other, other organizations. I think you're right. We should look at nonprofits that way too, as far as like, we all have to do this together. Right. Um, so I'm glad that that's, you know, something that you brought up here. And I definitely want to hear from you, like your mentorship tips or, or leadership tips, just kind of some advice that you would give to people both inside and outside that might be struggling and listening to this today and really, you know, looking for some encouragement and hope just things that they can do to kind of make it to that next day or the next week, or, you know, maybe learn how to communicate a little better or, you know, be able to be a part of a coalition. What are things that, you know, maybe have been told to you or that you've just learned through your experience um, that would help others? Gosh, you you ask really heavy duty questions, Alicia. <laughs> I've been um, I've been known for that. Yes, I mean, my God, <laughs> and that's a question I've never been asked, by the way, uh, in that way, the way you just put it. Um, boy, that's a lot. So, you know, the main thing I think I had such a different perspective, right? I've I've always kind of sponged and went towards the smartest person in the room. I want what that person has. Well, I want to learn from them, all of that. And, and you know, that's a great quality. Uh, on the other side of the coin, I'm the first one to throw my hand up and admit when I, you know, a weakness or, or something I challenged with. I can be bossy. I can be a bit, um, I just want to fix it, right? I just want to get it done. You know, it drives my husband crazy. So he'll be like doing it. I'm like, oh, just let me, let me do it, right? And that's like a basic analogy. And I think it's one we can all relate to. 
it's kind of the same thing here. So what I've really had to teach myself and, and really be mindful of in mentorship is it is really critical to find somebody that you trust and you, your fear. Fear is the biggest thing for people that I see in my experience. Our fear stops us from doing things. Our fear stops us from reaching out. Our fear stops us from communicating. Our fear stops us from opening up and being vulnerable. And in order to be mentored, right, you have to be vulnerable. And in order to mentor others, you have to be vulnerable. Because really, for me, what mentorship is about, I'm not here to boss you. I'm not here to tell you, girl, you're going back. You, you just, you used, uh, no, you're going, so you can't use anymore. You got to go to five AA meetings. Hell, they get that from the system. They get that from everybody all around them. That's not mentorship. That's just giving somebody, you know, hey, here's parameters that good lifestyle choices. True mentorship for me and, and where I see it is, it's here's walk alongside me. Walk alongside me and, and, and just spend time kind of in some of my thought process and how I make a decision or a choice or how I live my life. And likewise, let me walk alongside you and see how you make your choices and your decisions and and your thought process, because then you can really sponge and learn from somebody and build that trust to say, oh, I didn't really think about it that way. You bring up a you know a great way for me to rethink and process this, you know, and then all of a sudden being vulnerable to those traumas and the things that we were talking about earlier, like getting to the root of it and those kind of things that really do need to happen in order for us to heal, right, and be healthy those things will naturally evolve as you're kind of learning what some how what somebody's tick is, right? How, how they kind of operate, right? So I, I think mentorship is so critical and, and anybody can be a mentor. Neighbors. I mean, I, I'm in my next door app. I do a lot of stuff through the next door app, believe it or not. Simple, basic, right? I've got volunteers from there now. I got, you know, things being delivered to my front door for these diamonds that then I'm driving out to, I got a girl in Burleson I'm going to next week that I'm literally taking an entire SUV full food, clothes. That's mentoring, that's showing her. And let me tell you, they don't ever forget that moment. Even in their darkest times or if something, they do get tripped up or something happened, they always remember that moment of you were there, I could trust you, I could count on you, those kind of things. So, I mean, I, I think for me, that's the core kind of, brick that has to be there in order for that mentorship to to then work. I mean, I, I'm starting off with people, you know, of course, now that I'm years into this, I've never met before. I wasn't incarcerated with them. They're a referral. I'm working with men now. You know, I've really had to learn and adjust. Okay. Cause it's very different working with the women's prisons and the men's prisons and working with a woman than a man. Um, and so finding that, how do you uh, instantly kind of connect with a human being? At, at their humanity level. Um, and then having the grace to give yourself patience to build that relationship and, and, and them having grace with you as well as you're not there to, to tell them what to do and how to live their life. It's, it's literally a matter of just walk alongside me. Let me show you, here's what's worked for me. Here's what's worked for Susan. Let me introduce you to her. You know, let me introduce you to this. And then we go kind of go from there. Wow. Okay. You have dropped so many diamond tips. So I appreciate that. Our viewers are going to, you know, um, are going to be picking all of those up. And hopefully this is, you know, one of those episodes that they'll really listen to over and over again. It definitely will be one that I do. I heard you talking about um, relationship 
um, as far as, you know, the mentorship is a relationship, being open to that relationship. I heard you talking about vulnerability, um, learning to develop trust, facing your fears and, and, and then showing up for people, right. To, to fill that gap and, and being open to somebody, you know, giving you tips and not being an authority figure, just being in relationship with people and a lot more that you, you, you discussed there. So I just, I appreciate you dropping those diamond tips and the work that you're doing in Texas and, and just knowing you and being able to, um, have a relationship with you here. And, and I continue, you know, please, you know, you, everyone look up the Rusty Diamond Network, get involved, volunteer, you know, donate, um, help support. So, so she can continue to support all of the diamonds in Texas. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. It's always so good to see you. I, I really enjoy working with you and, and I want to lift you up and amplify everything you're doing as well. Just amazing work. So um, I really appreciate this time today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Happy holidays. Yeah. Happy holidays. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you for being with us for another episode of the chat. We appreciate all of our listeners, viewers, and supporters. If you want to know more about the uplift in the chat, head over to our website at www.upliftmentors.org. Join our coalition, drop us a donation, or just spread some love and share this around with your friends and family.